0: I am Karan Bhatia, and welcome to Ask the Experts podcast. We just witnessed legendary Manny Pacquiao at 40 years old defeat undefeated Keith Thurman, who was 10 years his junior. It was a masterful performance, and we have the perfect guest to talk about it. Manny Pacquiao's coach, Hall of Fame trainer, Freddie Roach. I interviewed Freddie. I asked him about the fight. I asked him about what is next for Manny. Is he going to fight Floyd Mayweather, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford? Freddie, as always, is very honest, tells us everything we want to hear. That is a great interview, and you do not want to miss that. After that, I will be speaking with Brian Campbell. You've seen him everywhere. He's on CBS Sports. You've heard his podcast. You've seen him on Showtime. He is going to break down everything Pacquiao Thurman with me. And we're also going to talk about a little more somber topic, fighters' safety. As we all know, Maxim Dadashev tragically passed away this week. He was in a very tough fight that was actually stopped in the 11th round. He went to the hospital, and he ended up passing away a few days later. This is a big problem in our sport, and there's really no easy solution. We need to figure it out. And, And one thing we can do as fans is not feel disappointed when a fighter quits, is not feel like we're getting robbed of any entertainment. It may be the right thing to do for fighter safety, for their health, to take a knee, decide to uh, not continue in the fight. These are all things that that we should be thinking about. That's only one small part of how we can contribute as fans of the sport um, to fighter safety. And in terms of protocols, those type of things need to be discussed and we need to figure something out to make the sport safer. I also spoke about that with my next guest, Anthony the Dog Durrell. Anthony Durrell is going to be fighting on the Porter Spence undercard against David Benavidez. We got him to give us his take on that upcoming matchup, what we can expect from that. And he knows a little bit of something about coming back from adversity. He came back from cancer. He came back from a motorcycle accident. There was a time where he never thought he would box again. He is boxing against David Benavidez, and this is going to be an absolutely explosive matchup, and Anthony the Dog Durrell is going to talk to us all about that. And then another member of Team Pacquiao, as we discuss and celebrate this amazing win by the 40-year-old Pacquiao, Marvin Simodio. He's Pacquiao's assistant trainer. He's going to give us his thoughts. What was it like training with Pacquiao through camp and being at this great fight against Thurman? And then to close it off, we have George Jakovic. He was a producer for PBC Fight Camp, Pacquiao Thurman. We're going to ask him how Pacquiao looked in the training footage coming in. Did he notice anything that that led him to believe that Pacquiao could achieve what he achieved against Keith Thurman? And George is going to preview some of the biggest fights coming up in boxing. So before we get to our first guest, Freddie Roach, I just want to talk a little bit about what happened last Saturday night. Manny Pacquiao, the legend, he beat Keith Thurman. Coming into this fight, a lot of people thought it was a 50-50 fight, and how could you not think that? On one hand, you have the legend Manny Pacquiao. He's an eight-division champion. He's achieved so much in the sport, but he is 40 years old, and we've seen in recent years maybe a less aggressive Manny, maybe a less fast Manny, a less powerful Manny. It seemed like this was the Manny Pacquiao of old, and that was apparent in the first round. Manny landed A great combination, knock down Thurman, and really set the tone for the fight. The one thing I want to say, though, is obviously we are celebrating the great Manny Pacquiao, and that deserves to be celebrated. But Keith Thurman also had an excellent performance, and actually in that first round, just as the fight started, I was actually very impressed with Keith Thurman. He was landing a lot of shots, and he actually ended up outlanding Pacquiao in that first round. He landed 13 punches. Pacquiao landed 11. In addition, Keith got up from the canvas, and he came back in the middle rounds. The question is, was that an older Manny Pacquiao? Was that why Keith came back, or did Keith Thurman make the necessary adjustments? And then we all know what happened. Tenth round. Boom. Massive body shot. Pacquiao lands it on Thurman. Thurman is visibly hurt. He spits out his mouthpiece. He's running around the ring. It seemed like Manny Pacquiao may knock out Keith Thurman at that moment. It was an instant classic, an epic battle. Both guys put on great performances. Manny Pacquiao absolutely deserves 100% of the credit for an amazing win at 40 years old, beating an undefeated welterweight who was at the top of the division. It was an absolutely brilliant fight. And if we look at the final punch numbers, it's interesting to note. Thurman landed 210 punches. Manny Pacquiao threw the fight 195 Thurman landed 37% of his punches. Pacquiao was 28%. So what does that mean? It means that both guys had an absolutely tremendous performance. They were both landing massive shots. And the fight contained those excellent ebbs and flows that you love in a big championship fight. I scored the fight 7 to 5 for Manny Pacquiao plus he gets the point for the knockdown, but it was such a close fight that you could almost have it either way. And we're going to talk to Brian Campbell about that. Brian actually had it 7 to 5 for Keith Thurman and he got a lot of uh, backlash, if you will, on social media. And he's going to defend his scorecard and talk about why it is important to score a fight round by round, especially for these big close fights. The other thing to be noted is Keith Thurman was very classy in defeat. He did not make excuses. There was rumors that he was up late gambling the week before. In my opinion, that's very unlikely and probably unfounded. And the reason I think that is because we know Keith had two strength and conditioning coaches for this fight. He was sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber. He took this very seriously. He was treating this like the biggest fight of his life, which it was. It's hard for me to believe that a fighter who is taking this moment so seriously is randomly going to throw that all away by partying in Vegas the week of his fight. With all that said... Manny Pacquiao, what is his next move? We know that he is going to take the rest of the year off. He's a senator in the Philippines, and he has to go fulfill those duties. But what is next for him? Who does he want to fight? He said he's going to fight next year. Errol Spence is out there. He's going to fight Sean Porter. It's possible that the winner of that fight could take on uh, Manny Pacquiao. Terrence Crawford is another formidable opponent. He's a great pound-for-pound fighter but who knows in terms of promotional issues if that fight could come together. The other name that must be mentioned in all of this, and you've seen them trading barbs on social media, it's Floyd Mayweather. Floyd and Pacquiao have been going back and forth on social media. If there was a time for the rematch, this seems like it. Pacquiao has been active. He's been beating younger guys in the welterweight division. Floyd, he's been active, but not in the same way. He fought Conor McGregor, and then he had an exhibition bout in Japan against Tenshin Nasukawa. Other cases for why the rematch could be interesting. If you believe that Manny Pacquiao did hurt his shoulder in the first fight, you would argue that this time around it would be more competitive. Also, we know that Manny Pacquiao is 40 years old, but Floyd Mayweather right now is 42 years old. And if that fight happens after February in 2020, he's gonna be 43 is age going to play a factor in the rematch i asked freddie roach if contract negotiations have started if there's been any negotiations any discussions of any kind between the camps and he's going to answer that so without further ado let's get to the first guest legendary trainer one of the best boxing trainers of all time let's get to my conversation with freddie roach i am karan batia and let's ask the experts This is uh, Karin Batia for the Ask the Experts podcast. I am lucky enough to be speaking to legendary trainer Freddie Roach, seven-time trainer of the year, Hall of Famer, and, of course, coming off the big Manny Pacquiao win over Keith Thurman. Freddie, obviously, Manny came out strong. He he knocked down Thurman in, in the first round. Did he do everything you expected him to do in this fight?
1: No, he surprised me a little bit. He came out very aggressive and... Uh... And we had planned to come out aggressive, but I, I didn't know it was going to be that aggressive. And after the first round knockdown, I was really, really happy uh, uh the old man is back. And uh, it was really, really nice to see. It was, it, he, uh, he went after him when, when he heard him. And it was a very uh, great opening round for Manny Pacquiao.
0: And is it, you know, uh, Thurman obviously went down in that first round. I'm wondering if. Manny's style is very different than something a lot of fighters see because Manny is throwing combinations at you while he's lunging towards you. So a fighter like Thurman, he may think, "Oh, this guy is throwing combinations. Let me put my head back and get out of the way of danger." What 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 fighters don't realize is Manny's still throwing combinations as he's moving forward towards you. Is that what happened
1: there? Yeah, he does. He does that very well. And you know, when they pull back like that, they get up high on their toes and he causes the knockdown to happen. And, and you know, the thing is. He wasn't hurt really badly from, from the gun, but it was uh, enough to put him down though. Well, and, uh, it was a great moment for me, for Manny and, and for me also.
0: It was absolutely a great moment. I think everyone expected the fight to be competitive, but to see Manny come out like that at 40 years old, facing a guy that was 30 years old was amazing. In the mid-rounds, it seemed like Thurman did have some success. He was landing big shots. He backed up Manny a little bit. What happened in those middle rounds? Was Manny showing his age a little bit, or did Thurman make some adjustments there?
1: No, I think Manny was showing his age a little bit. He was getting a little bit tired at that point. Uh, I was waiting for a second when the second win to kick in did, in the last two rounds. You know, he has one put the fight out for him. But he, he did get a little bit tired in the middle rounds, yes.
0: And, you know, I know before the fight, you, you guys were not that impressed as a team by Thurman's resume, who he had beat. Did he impress you at all in terms of, of what you saw? I mean, he, he obviously had power after the fight. Manny said he hits like Antonio Margarito, giving him, a, giving him some credit there. Were, were you impressed by by Keith Thurman?
1: Yes, I was. Yeah, I gave Thurman fought a very good fight. He hung in there and I think the best thing about the whole, about him overall is him getting the microphone and and, and not talking trash about anybody and uh, just being honest about the fight because uh, he was hurt very badly in the mid-round with the body shot and I thought that should have been the two-point round for sure. But, um, you know, it uh, caused him to take his mouthpiece out and run for a couple minutes and, uh, uh, I thought Manny was really, really close to Solomon at that point in the fight. And I think that was a lot closer than the first round knockdown. And, uh, you know, he, uh, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Manny broke his ribs so, though, because uh, that was a very, very good shot he landed from the body.
0: In that 10th that round, he he landed the liver shot. Thurman, like you said, spit out his mouthpiece. I know that, Freddie, I know that in the past you've said you always want Manny to be aggressive, to go for the knockout. You demand the knockout. Were you hoping that he was going to knock out Thurman there?
1: Of course. Because <laughs> uh, I've been never knockouts. And, uh, you know, Pacquiao, uh, he, went, he went for it. And, you know, he. Uh, he got his win back in the next round, and he did very well. And Yeah, I thought he closed the show with, with, with like he was
0: supposed to. So, like you said, Thurman was classy in defeat. You and Manny have been together for so long. You've had so many big wins. De La Hoya, Coda, I mean, we could go on and on and on. Where does this win, beating a 30-year-old undefeated welterweight, one of the top guys in the welterweight division, where does this rank for, for your partnership with Manny Pacquiao and all the great fights that, that you guys have had together?
1: You know, we've had a lot of great fights and a lot of good uh, competitions, but this is one of the most fun ones. because you know, he's fighting an undefeated world champion. And, you know, undefeated, you know, it, it, that gives a guy's resilience, and, and it's, hard, it's hard to take that title away from undefeated people. And with when, when Danny knocking down the first round and then the 10th round, uh, with the body I was really, really happy with Manny's performance. I thought it was one of his best performances uh of his life.
0: It was it was a great performance. Obviously it must have been a great training camp under your instruction. So obviously we're we're all looking to what's next. We know that Manny's gonna take some time to, to go be a senator in the Philippines and, and, and uh do his duties over there. What you know? Obviously, out there we have Terence Crawford, we have Errol Spence, we have Sean Porter, and we all know that Mayweather is out there. Him and Pacquiao are exchanging uh, barbs on social media. Who do you want next, and who does Manny want next?
1: You know, Mayweather would be the the, the number one uh, one we want next, and uh, you know they have been some talk going back and forth between him and Manny, which is kind of um, kind of funny, but because um, you know, Manny doesn't really usually get caught up in that so much. But uh, I'm glad to see him talking about himself. And uh, there's a lot of good fighters in that division right now. And they have got a lot of good opponents. And uh, you know, once everything settles out a little bit, and we'll decide who's next. And uh, whoever um, makes us offer also, I mean, because uh, I'm sure not all those guys want to fight us either.
0: That, that's definitely true. We don't know who wants to fight Manny. In the in the case of Floyd, he was in the ring in the the beginning of the fight. He left uh, post fight, so Manny wasn't able to call him out. Has the uh, I know that you've said in the past that if if they fought again, you would pick Manny to knock out Floyd. And obviously, Manny would would not have the hurt shoulder this time. Manny's been active. Floyd has has been out. He's he's, he's been fighting. Maybe you could say lower competition. Are you still predicting a knockout if Pacquiao and Mayweather get in the ring again?
1: Yes, uh, I definitely think Manny can knock him out. And the thing is, Floyd isn't like uh, Jim rat used to be. And, uh, Manny's 100% healthy. He going that shoulder's fine now. and surgery went very, very well. And, uh, Manny's back to his old self. As long as Manny's legs stay stay strong, uh, we're going to be okay. I mean, you know, Father Time is catching up with us, but, um, he hasn't, he hasn't caught up yet.
0: Has there been any talks between your camp and and Mayweather's camp in terms of you know early contract negotiations or discussions or anything like that or is it just the social media back and forth?
1: Just the social media with between Manny and him because Mayweather he's very very, very quiet about this and, you know I I saw him at the basketball game and uh, no mention at all but uh, it was kind of fun when. He got uh, get knocked on his ass at the basketball game. <laughs> but the same thing will happen when he fights Manny.
0: We saw finally we saw Mayweather get knocked down when he when he got crossed over at the basketball game. Absolutely. So and, and just for the record, if you know, if Terrence Crawford, if somehow the, the you know, the issues in terms of promoters and stuff get worked out or the Spence Porter winner, if those people do become available, you and Manny would take those fights as well.
1: Yes, we will. I mean the thing is we're not in the game. Again, just to, to, to box uh, or just box one guy. We want to be the best at what we do, and, uh, and if it's fighting the, the best young guys out there, uh, so be it. We'll, we will fight them.
0: I know that uh you know Manny's obviously had such a long career. He he's he's forty years old. You've had such a long career. I know that you've said that Man- when Manny is, you know, below his prime, when he's when he's not fully there, you're gonna ask him to retire and I think he may be do the doing gonna do the same thing for you. That moment has not at all happened yet, right? You guys are both both ready to go and, and keep this thing going?
1: Yeah, we're, just, we're both in good shape and ready to go. I just did with 12 guys today. I'm back to work as usual, and uh, I do have a big fight coming up on Sunday. So it's uh, you know it's business uh, every day, and uh, many many. I think I have seven fights in seven weeks coming up in in, in the schedule.
0: I know. Last time we spoke, you said you had 21 guys on the roster. Do you still have 21 guys on the roster?
1: Yes, I do. Uh, Actually, no, I I have 22. Uh, we just came to the guy
0: uh, well. So it's it's a busy roster, and, and and just to close it out, Freddie. I know last time we spoke, you said all is good in, in in your world. The only issue you have is uh your hair is turning gray. So is that still the only problem in uh in Freddie Roach's world right now?
1: Yeah, yeah, my hair's getting gray, but it's not bad gray. <laughs> so people say I'm like, I'm I look so But I hope you're not lying to me.
0: It's definitely a distinguished look. Freddie, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on the win again against Keith Thurman and an absolutely impressive performance by Manny and and yourself training him. Congratulations and, and best of luck to you. And I'm sure we'll see you doing exactly what you love, training fighters, being ringside, working at the wildcard gym. Thank you so much for the time.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: The legend himself, Freddie Roach, breaking it down. And that really has to be one of the best boxing duos in terms of trainer and boxer. Freddie Roach and Manny Pacquiao have been together for so long and have achieved so much in this sport. It's really, really, really unbelievable. As we look back at that great performance, Pacquiao versus Thurman, we start to look at the punch numbers. Like we said, overall, Thurman did outland Pacquiao, but Pacquiao had the bigger moments. He had the knockdown, he had the body shot, he had a bunch of other massive combinations, and he certainly won that fight and deserves... of the credit, it was an absolutely brilliant performance. But the one thing that should be said, it was an instant classic and it was a close fight. And what does that mean? In a close fight, you have to score it round by round. I personally had Pacquiao winning seven rounds to five, plus he gets the extra point for the knockdown. Two judges, official judges for that fight, agreed with me. One judge had it seven to five for Keith Thurman. Another person who had it 7-5 for Keith Thurman is the great Brian Campbell. And he's going to talk about his scorecard, why he scored it that way, and what his thoughts were from Pacquiao Thurman. All right, this is uh, Karen Bhatia for the Ask the Experts podcast. I'm talking to Brian Campbell. Brian, I'm going to try to introduce you and, and let me know if I miss anything. A writer for CBS Sports uh state of combat podcast host on on pbc uh face-to-face um uh, morning combat podcast um i did i miss anything there
2: i do some analyst work for showtime boxing as well but it's all good it's all it's all in the same family
0: <laughs> um so we're talking pacquiao thurman it was an instant classic like we've been saying um i had it seven to five for pacquiao you had it 7-5 to five for Thurman, and that immediately caused a massive outlash, on uh, a backlash on social media. So I just want to know, before we even talk about the fight, what were some of the worst things you heard on, on social media?
2: Yeah, look, this surprised me. It's not that I'm uh, immune to social media hate. I-, I mean, I like to think I have a pretty strong Q rating among among followers, but obviously I get the same crap everybody does. But this was like electric crap. This was like... Straight up, go kill yourself, you're a fraud, go back to wrestling. Uh, I like your MMA work, but you suck as a, re- a boxing analyst, which is normally I get the opposite. But uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I was most surprised, like, you know, people in the industry who, who I thought get it and understand the subjective nature of the fights, understand... Uh, you know, the round by round scoring Love understand all of that. And and people just had a big joke of it, which was a little bit surprising. But yeah, the the hate was real this time around, which it's not like I can't take it. But I'm still sitting here shocked that it was this that that created it. Ultimately, it's it's
0: crazy to me because it was a close fight. All three judges had it seven to five in some way. Um, uh, Most people had it. Seven to five, six six. What, whatever you want to say, um, it wasn't like you were giving, you know, t- uh, Bradley versus Pacquiao. One, it, you know, you're giving it to Bradley or, or uh, Rios versus Abriel, or the, the 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 infinite number of uh, um, robberies that we've seen. This was a close fight, and, and I just want to read some of the uh, some of the terms I saw uh, people said on social media about you. And just what someone said: uh, delete your account. This guy said, "Bro, you're blind. Why oh you are blind." Uh, stupid idiot, fucking idiot and fuck off. Why do people take this so personally?
2: (laughs) I mean, I have to assume the majority of the hate in that case was Pacquiao fans. And I get that boxing. Um, it brings out a few things. It brings out nationalistic passions. It brings out, uh, alcohol. I mean, if you know, it brings out a couple different things here. There's a betting involved. There's a lot of reasons why somebody, I guess, would be that angry, but, even if you're a Pacquiao fan, it's like, A, who cares that I scored the other way? But B, there's a lot more going on here. And this is sort of a long debate. I mean, it does allow us a a certain grander conversation about boxing scoring and how that relates to the average fan at home. But like I said, I was actively surprised that so many people in the industry took shots at me and laughed it up. I mean, in the end, uh, Curran, it's this. You nailed it. I thought it was an instant classic. I thought maybe I was a little extra drunk, fight drunk, if you will, from sitting press row, first row, and really getting the experience, the crowd was tremendous. So even if you watched it at home and thought, well, not an instant classic, but still a very good fight, you know, uh, whatever, six in one, half does the other. We're still, we're still, what we're saying here is it was a competitive fight, a hundred percent, both judges, like you mentioned, all three, seven to five in either direction. And it was just one of those fights where, like both guys came to win. There was ebbs and flows. There were adjustments that needed to be made. So even if you were, let's say, the biggest Pacquiao homer, how do you come away with this fight not realizing that? You know, this wasn't me putting out a 110, Canelo over Triple G scorecard. This was a pretty damn close fight. So I think, I don't know if it's look. Here's what it comes down to: most of the people that tell you to go kill yourself on Twitter are not scoring the fight. That's just the, the the fact of the matter, okay? So they're not scoring it round by round. They think one guy won by a certain level of damage and a knockdown, and, and, I, and I get that. I get that. But I also wasn't watching the fight as a whole and then giving a score at the end. Had I done that, Pacquiao wins that fight. He won the moral story of the fight. He won the feel-good nature of it. He was the bigger puncher, the aggressor. He was a lot of great things in this fight. But you do it... If you really judge a fight, and, yeah, and I've talked to many great judges about this, you have to judge each round like it's its own independent fight. Like you're not bringing in what happened around it into that round. It's just what happens in those three minutes. And my math problem that night when I add up the numbers in the end did give Thurman a 7-5 win. I'm happy to rewatch it. I'm happy to take an L if I was gone, if I was wrong. But if anybody can watch that fight and try to act like it wasn't competitive, and at worst, maybe I'm two rounds off what you thought, or maybe I'm the outlier a bit. But good Lord, the hate I received, Curran, you would think that I said Thurman won 12 rounds to zero.
0: Well, I know you're a tough guy. I know you're going to recover from it. And, and it's, it's funny, you, know, you, you talk to people after a fight, whatever fight it is, and it's a close fight, and they say, oh, I had it a draw. It's like, oh, well, did you score it round by round? But no, but it was a close fight, and it just doesn't work that way. And I think also part of it is that Pacquiao is 40 years old. So when he is so competitive and doing so well, and he gets a knockdown, no matter what happens the rest of the fight, in our heads just watching, we're going to say, wow, Pacquiao should have won that fight. So let's talk about the fight a little bit. Uh, When it first started, I I tweeted out before the fight, I said, we're going to learn a lot in the first round. And and what I learned is that Thurman actually impressed me. He came out with a great game plan. He was landing great shots. He outlanded... Pacquiao in that first round, actually 13 to 11, but Pacquiao got the knockdown. So tell me your reaction when that fight started, uh, when both fighters
2: came out and then of course the knockdown in round one. Look, this, I have to say it again. The crowd was a big part of this and, and it might have even been a big part in the, in the, the way people scored it, the way people emotionally reacted to it, because every single time Pacquiao landed any punch, the crowd exploded and it was electrifying. It was intoxicating. It was one of I mean, it may have been the second or third best crowd I've ever been in front of combat sports wise. And that's saying a lot. The only, I can only think of one round that was better. And that was a a sort of an obscure round, but it was 2014 Madison square garden, Miguel Cotto and Sergio Martinez. We, a lot of us remember Cotto gets the three knockdowns on Sergio's bum leg. And look, that was MSG. That was Cotto territory. The crowd was intoxicating that night. So let's just leave that crowd as the foundation. And then I had said a lot coming into this fight and previewing it, that really whoever sets that tone early is going to take control of this fight. And to set that tone, they can't box. They have to punch. They have to dig in. And I think we've become so used to seeing in this Floyd Mayweather pay-per-view era, fighters at this level when the stakes are this high, not fighting to win. And I mean that. They'll box to win, but they won't fight to win. At some point, they'll realize the... Danger involved, the stakes involved in the go. You know what? I'm going to take a step back, try to win it from the outside. If I lose the decision, so be it. I saw right away both fighters trying to win. I'm glad you picked up on what a lot of people failed to was before Keith Thurman got knocked down in round one. And by the way, that's a gorgeous patented Pacquiao sneaky right hand to do so. Thurman was backing him up with bombs. And I remember watching specifically The expression, that's always a big thing for me on Golovkin's initial rise, which I know you worked at HBO during that time. You probably remember this even more than me. The first time Golovkin would touch somebody, you know, whether it's Matthew Macklin or Daniel Giel, and you'd see it in their face like, oh, they get it. This is different. This is a different kind of puncher. I almost saw a little bit of that in Manny in round one where he was like, oh, oh, okay." To his credit, by the way, this is why this fight is so great. He responds with a knockdown. He controls the first half of the fight. He's 40 years old, yet he's fighting like he's half that age. I mean, it really was a transcendent performance. But it, uh, to their credit, this was really a compelling, dramatic fight from round one. And I think it's because both guys were willing to let their hands go. And outside of the two Canelo Triple G fights, we don't see that for all 12 rounds on the pay-per-view level since maybe back when Pacquiao was in his prime.
0: It really was a, a amped-up crowd. You talked about Cotto Martinez. Another another moment that, that comes to mind is uh, another Martinez fight against Chavez Jr. in that last round when Chavez knocked him down. It got loud. It seemed like it got very, very loud also in the 10th round when uh, Pacquiao landed that body shot. Thurman spits out his mouthpiece, and Pacquiao's chasing him around the ring. It... it it was a very dramatic back and forth fight that had a lot of ebbs and flows. And in the middle rounds, Thurman actually gets a lot of credit for coming back from the knockdown and imposing himself. I think most people uh, had Thurman winning those middle rounds. You could you could say maybe like the uh, sixth through nine type of thing. He really came back. And then Pacquiao to his credit for a forty year old man did what he did. He, he he hurt him in the in the tenth, and he and he came on late and he took down uh, an undefeated top welterweight in the division. So looking back at that fight as a whole, what are the other moments you know after the, that, that round one that really stand out to you?
2: Well, certainly Pacquiao bloodying Thurman's nose in round five was another one of those big, like, okay, we saw Pacquiao get a knockdown. Now we see the bloody nose. And I think when you mix that with that big moment in round 10 when he hurt Thurman to the body, I could get where if you're not scoring at home, you're watching that and you're going, oh my God, Pacquiao's had three monster moments in this fight. Of course he won that. But again, that's not how scoring works. But yeah, you can't even score a 10-8 round for Pacquiao in round 10, even though he had Thurman running around the ring and visibly hurt because you got to give Keith credit. Not only did he make a surge in the second half of that fight, second half of round 10 in that final minute, suddenly he was back putting Pacquiao, who may have like for a second punched himself out. He was backing him up with big shots. So the ebbs and flows, the give and takes were great in that regard. And I I don't think people realized how great Thurman fought in that second half. And it goes back, current to the idea that, like, is the 10-9 must scoring system flawed? Of course it's flawed. Because I just gave you, you know, okay, one thing. People on Twitter don't seem to realize that you only get one extra point for a knockdown. So that's one thing. And anyone that scored that Wilder Fury fight can remember how many people thought Wilder automatically wins because he scored two knockdowns. But the other thing is, those two rounds I mentioned, bloodying Thurman's nose in round five and hurting him viciously to the body in round 10, guess what? There's still 10 to 9 rounds. So if you're watching that and you're like, well, I never saw Keith Thurman do better than that. No, you really didn't. He did actually rock Pacquiao a couple times but you can win a close round, barely winning it. And as we know, you still get 10 to nine. So I really give Thurman so much credit for coming on that second half. Thurman set a hellacious pace early in this fight that Pacquiao to take the control that he did in the first half had to equal that pace to Pacquiao's credit. He did. Pacquiao started to fade a bit right in that pocket, that window you mentioned rounds five, six, seven. Thurman took advantage. But to Pacquiao's incredible credit at 40, he found the second win. He fought Thurman off. So if you think he won, and two of the three judges in most of America did, that's why. He fought incredibly. But again, going back to that math, man. I think if you're watching that broadcast at home and you're relying on the Fox analyst, I haven't watched that broadcast yet, but I hear they were very Pacquiao heavy, which is, again, it's an opinionated, subjective sport. If they are, if the narrative is overly praising Pacquiao, then you may miss on some of the things that Keith Thurman was doing. And one more thing, Curran, our good friends at CompuBox, the Kenobio family who I love, I love CompuBox. I love the Kenobios. I don't always love what those numbers mean, but they can help you in a certain argument and digging through the great stats they put out there, is it that crazy for me to say mathematically Thurman 175 when he landed more punches, landed more power punches, landed at both categories by a higher percentage, and outlanded Manny in 8 of 12 rounds?
0: It's, it's not crazy, and if you look at the final punch numbers like you said, Thurman landed 210 punches in the fight. Pacquiao, 195. So Thurman landed more. Thurman landed 36% of his uh, punches. Pacquiao landed 28%. Um, Thurman landed 45 body shots. Pacquiao landed 30. So it's Thurman outlanded Pacquiao, and it's not crazy to have it 7-5 either way. It It was an instant classic. I actually thought... Both guys almost win the night in a way. Pacquiao, obviously, for what he's doing and, and doing that at 40 years old and, and dominating the younger guy. But Thurman, you know what? Like we just said, he he outlanded Pacquiao and he was also very classy uh, in defeat. Yes. He didn't make excuses and, and there were opportunities to make excuses and he didn't do that.
2: I, I really I'm glad you pointed that out. I've become in love covering the combat sports game with that exact moment, how do big names, especially unbeaten ones, deal with defeat? I think in UFC in recent years, the way Conor McGregor bounced back from that UFC 196 loss to Nate Diaz, specifically that night, how he acted at the post-fight press conference, never making excuses, putting it all on himself, saying, I gassed out, I can be better next time. I do. The, obviously, he came back, he ran back that Diaz rematch, said it had to be at welterweight, it had to be next and you give him a lot of credit for the guts there. Same thing when we talk about Chris Cyborg and UFC's coming back this weekend. The whole thing is how does she bounce back from that first round defeat to Manda Nunez in December? Well, she bounced back great that same night. She showed a lot of the same humility that, Pac- that Thurman did on this night, never blaming anything, never blaming the judges, never saying I was hurt, never saying anything, but I-, I fought great tonight, but Pacquiao fought even better. And I think, again, that's one thing people miss, and I've heard some takes of when people saying, look, Thurman fought you know really good, but... He didn't do enough to win it. I think this is one of those times where, in my mind, Thurman actually fought the best fight of his career. I really mean that. Against Danny Garcia, he may have out, outboxed him and won a split decision, but he took those final few rounds off, and there was legit criticism to give him in that regard. I think considering what he was up against in this version of Pacquiao, Thurman fought great. So he actually came out of that fight with no excuses. And the fact that he didn't take any and says, look, I'll be back. I had that. O. I was willing to lose it if you could outbeat me, you know, if you could defeat me. And that's what Pacquiao did. We need more of that in every sport. We really do need more of that. That's how you make winners, because, you know, I could Tony Robbins, you and correlate it to life. But in life, we take some damn L's and some people get stuck in that puddle for a long time. But this is another great example of how you bounce back from that.
0: Absolutely. And even after the fight, Pacquiao giving Thurman credit, he said, Thurman's heavy handed. He hit me like Margarito. So that's that's a huge compliment because Margarito uh, was the significantly bigger man when he fought Pacquiao. And even though Pacquiao clearly won that fight, if you look at Pacquiao's face after he fought Margarito, he was very roughed up. Now, I want to ask you about we were talking about excuses. And I don't know if this is legitimate or anything, but uh, I believe it was Adrian Broner who said, hey, Thurman was up late gambling. I saw him at 3 or 4 a.m. Now, you always have to consider the source when you hear things like this. Um, I actually thought it might be the other way. If anything, uh, Thurman may have been overtraining. He had two strength and conditioning coaches. He was sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber every night. Um, what do you make of, of the rumors and, and, the, and, and the things that you've been reading on, on social media that Thurman was up late gambling?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a consider the sort of situation. And I think you made a great point about if he if there was an excuse to make, he may have been overtrained. I mean, he looked very sucked out early in fight week on his face, came in somewhat comfortably under that. I mean, 146 and a half. But what we're trying to say here is, is it it didn't look like it was a problem. He came in clean on that, but maybe maybe overtrained it, maybe overdid it. It's, It's interesting because part of this part of not knowing what this fight would have looked like was the idea of Manny being 40. And really, we had to go back to that Jeff Horn fight and how competitive that was. And regardless of who you scored that fight for, you have to admit that it was weird to see Pacquiao get walked down. Yes, he was in there with a bigger man with a weird style, and it was in that guy's home country and all that stuff. Yes, there were headbutts and there were some things. But Pacquiao got walked down and at times beat up, even though, of course, he made that big late surge. And we sort of thought coming out of that, God, maybe the guy's washed. Maybe, the, maybe this is it. Maybe he's finally hit the wall after like 58 incredible brawls. But he's using the narrative now that he overtrained, and it's something that's legitimate in this case. So you do sort of wonder that for Thurman. But good lord, Broner! I mean, he did it for uh, the the hood, right? When he fought Pacquiao, which meant I didn't try to win, and I I tried my best to not get stopped. So. Yeah, I don't believe in this case that Keith Thurman was out until 3 a.m. gambling. Do I believe that Oscar De La Hoya in the second fight of his career, when you hear those stories? Yes. Do I believe Ricardo Mayorga was uh, was found in the casino drunk th- like something like six hours before he fought De La Hoya? Yeah, probably, given that guy's personality. I don't believe this about Keith Thurman.
0: It's it's very unlikely that that someone who took this matchup so seriously as Thurman did and trained so hard would randomly throw it away on fight week. So, what do you think is next uh, for each guy? Where does Keith Thurman go here, from here? And and where does Manny Pacquiao go from here? Manny said, you know, he's ha- he's has his uh, senator duties in the Philippines. He's not going to fight again this year. He's going to come back next year. Uh, we've we've heard the Porter Spence winner could be uh, in in that mix, and more recently. Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather are back to the social media barbs. And this, of course, makes us as fans think, hey, is the rematch brewing? Is this is this uh, are we going to see Mayweather Pacquiao, uh, too? So where do you think both guys go from here?
2: So, I mean, both are lucky they're with PBC. So there's a there's a number of, of levels of types of names, softish, hard, all kinds of things can come back with. I think for Thurman, look, this was supposed to be his get back year, And we criticized him for that. What that meant was he he actually was preparing to take two to three. So- somewhat softish Jose Cito Lopez level comeback fights. Obviously you saw in that comeback fight, it wasn't soft in the end, but uh, the Pacquiao fight sort of fell in his hands after coming back after two years off. So I think we see him back in a soft touch next. The whole idea is what does he build back to after that? Does he get a Danny Garcia if he's still coming off a win in a rematch? That certainly would make a lot of sense. Would he face the loser of Spence Porter? I mean, look, there's a lot of options there. There's also a lot of like sneaky good under-the-radar welterweight names on this uh, PBC welterweight division that you even saw on this card from Sergey Lipinets to your Dennis Ugas. So there's no shortage of depending on how quickly he wants to get back to this highest level. Pacquiao is the wild card here because of the name, because he calls a lot of his own shots now with the exception of Mayweather. So what does that mean? That means are we going to see Maypack 2? The same answer I can give you today is the same one I would have given you six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. If Floyd wants it, it's up to Floyd. He's the A side, whatever. Park that conversation for one second. Pacquiao versus the winner of Spence Porter early next year would obviously be a heck of a fight because we think we know that none of the PBC guys can fight Bud Crawford, who may be the best welterweight right now because of politics. It would really take a joint pay-per-view between two networks. It would take maybe Bob Arum humbling himself a bit and and evening out the stakes. So if Pacquiao fought the winner of Spence Porter, you're legitimately saying Pacquiao could call himself the best welterweight in the world at age 40 if he won. So there's plenty at stake. But you may be able to elongate Pacquiao's brand a little bit better by not, let's say, serving him up to Spence, who I think a lot of us believe would beat him. Some believe would beat him handily, even with Pacquiao's performance against Thurman. So it's interesting. Could I see him coming back against uh, Amir Khan for a lot of money in some obscure place, of course. I don't think he would fight Danny Garcia. There's really nothing there. There's no world title. I'm wondering, though, if there is a creative opportunity for Pacquiao to face Bud Crawford right now. I wonder if that I wonder if that could be the case, if, if all parties could get together and say, you know what, this does make a lot of sense right now. Let's make this business happen. But overall, the fight to make, the fight to talk about, actually is Maypac two, And it's weird, Curran, because... They could have cashed in this at any point after that first fight, right away, a year later, two years later, at any point. And even if they were both old and considered old, you're still probably doing half the sales of their record 4.6 million pay-per-view buys. So it's, you're still winning. You're still, it still matters. But the fact that right now, if they did it, they did it early next year, it actually is an insanely compelling fight from a... Competition standpoint and from, again, a legacy standpoint, because they were one and one a in this past era and we waited five, six years. They finally fought. Floyd wins a clean decision. You're like, he's the man and he is. But I think by Manny lingering and by him getting this Thurman win and the longevity part of his resume and legacy adding onto that and the idea of him constantly reinventing himself, you can make a case that like on a pound for pound level. He's better than Floyd all time because of the rising up in weight classes so much. I mean, the head-to-head win from Floyd certainly counts as a lot. And let's not forget, I know they were 36 and 38, but let's never forget that when they did fight in 2015, they were still one and two pound for pound in the world at the time. So let's not act like it was anything, but it was a super, super fight I wonder if this rematch is as competitive as it ever could be. We're never going to see these two in 2010 or 2011 when Manny was at the peak of his invincibility and Floyd was amazing. Maybe 38-year-old Floyd just had that edge against 36-year-old Pacquiao where the shoulder would never matter. But I wonder now, Curran, because activity is key, and activity is really key late in your career. Uh, Mayweather has had two MMA fights, basically. He didn't have to take himself seriously. I've heard from his camp... So many times that he did not train for that McGregor fight, even remotely seriously, that he got like abs and he got a little bit in shape, but he knew that was a joke the whole way. It wasn't a big deal to him. Right now, next year, is 40-year-old Manny that much closer to beating 42-year-old Mayweather? It's an interesting debate. So what that means is because there's a debate, it not only could do big business. I don't. I wonder if it could even beat the first fight. And I know that sounds insane. First fight did 4.6. But Mayweather McGregor did 4.4 and that was sort of a wacky fight. We never thought we would see if they market this right. And they're telling you that the winner of this may two is the man of this era. I mean, Floyd, if he put his unbeaten 50, and that he worked so hard for on the line one more time against that version of Pacquiao you saw last Saturday. It's crazy, man. But I think we need this fight. I actually think we need it. And I think it would be crazy compelling and, and, and competitive where, you know, specifically after that Jeff Horn fight, you would not have said that. You'd have been like, oh, Floyd's going to wipe the floor with this old Manny. Yeah, they can cash in and be old and make money for each other. But, Curran, tell me right now, what the heck would Maypack do to do for pay-per-view buys? What if they use the Fox engine to promote that? I mean, could we push $5 million? Am I crazy? You're not crazy, and,
0: and, and I think it is, it's just crazy in general that, that that is the actual fight to make. And, and it's funny that I, had a, uh, I was talking with a friend of mine, and he said, hey, you know, both these guys, uh, Mayweather and Pacquiao, they're past their prime. And I was like, well, yes, technically, they're not in the prime of their careers. But if you look at either, either guy, let's say uh, if either guy fought Crawford or Spence, you'd say, okay, those are close fights. Maybe we'd give the edge to Crawford, Spence. Maybe not, because they're top pound-for-pound guys. Other than that, are we really picking anyone else to either beat any other welterweight to beat Pacquiao or beat Mayweather? Probably not. We think they can probably beat everyone in the division. So yes, they're technically past their prime in terms of age, but they're not past their prime at all in terms, of, uh, in terms of ability. And I completely agree with you. The things that you can sell this time around is Pacquiao does not have the shoulder injury. Obviously, that was a problem in the, in the, in the first fight. Pacquiao has been active and he showed us what he can do against an unbeaten young welterweight. And if you look at the people that, that Floyd has been fighting, I mean, I, I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan, but he fought Conor McGregor. It was Conor's debut in boxing. And then he fought in, in an obscure fight in Japan. So it's, everything is set up to market the rematch, just like you said. And I think the fact that they're now on the same side of the street will only help this rematch come together.
2: That is true. And it really just comes down to Floyd saying, I want this. Of course, Pacquiao would do it. Of course, everyone involved, whether it was Showtime or Fox and obviously PBC, they'd leap at that. And it's crazy to think about, it's crazy to try to conjure up how much more or less competitive they would be this time around. But the fact that the first fight was so boring may actually help them in the marketing this time around to say, you know, Pacquiao was injured or he didn't try hard enough or whatever. But this time around, it's different. There's even more at stake. And that might sound like BS, but I mean, look, boxing market, you know, combat sports marketing is about lulling you into this belief of something. And and that's really what it is. Only this time, I think it might actually be real. And we know I've loved the, the idea of hashtag old guy fights forever. Why? Because when you get stars together, when they're older, Their skills are a little bit slowed down. Sometimes they have to brawl to survive, and you can get magic. And it's not the idea of wanting to see 40-year-old guys concussed. It's the idea of wanting to see things like Pacquiao-Marquez 4, which, Kern, I know we always focus on the devastating knockout, but how about those six rounds? How about the back-and-forth trading knockdowns? How about the fire, the fact that they were like, you know what, F it, let's just brawl. We're two of the top five pound-for-pound guys in the sport. We're two of the best guys in this era. We've got this incredible rivalry, but you know what? We're going for it. Let's say May Pac-2 is automatically going to be that because they're older, but what if Pacquiao has success early and Floyd's got to bite down and fight his way out? I mean, I'm going to go to my grave believing that Manny's shoulder was not the problem in their first fight in 2015. I think he was still not fully recovered mentally from the Marquez knockout. So what that means is, Pacquiao wouldn't take chances against certain fighters. And I think you go back and watch that fight Floyd in those first two rounds, and especially in round 11 and 12, he let that right hand go. And I think Pacquiao was like, you know what? Uh, uh, this might be a trap that I'll walk into and not get up from. And I think that what we've seen in the last couple of fights is Manny's no longer caught up on that 2012 knockout anymore. I think he's kind of back to being Manny again. And if he's back to being the real Manny again and they're both older and there's still this much at stake, I think I just talked myself into buying the fight five times. Can we do this right now? Please, let's do this fight. We need it.
0: I think you talked yourself into uh, spending more time in Vegas. I think you'd you'd be out there for this one,
2: <laughs> I think, right? I, I think Floyd would make sure it's a, it's in T Mobile, no question.
0: <laughs> so I just wanted to take uh, one last uh, kind of right turn here before before we close out, and and obviously the the more somber news um, in boxing. Maxim Dadashev uh, he had a tough fight and he got beat up, and the fight was stopped. I believe it was in the 11th round, and he was taken to the hospital, and he actually passed away. Um, it's, an, it's, it's tragic. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. And, um, you know, w- we were just talking about concussions and old guys and all these things. And h- in his fight, it, it wasn't a brutal one punch. It was an accumulation. And I guess my question to you is, and I, I really don't know the answer to it, is what – no one wants to see this. Um, what can we do to, to make our sports safer?
2: It, it's hard, man. I mean, it's really hard because no one person is the same. No amount of damage is the same. How many times have – I mean, God, just talking about the wars Pacquiao has been in, and he looks no no different. I mean, maybe he's just a freak. I don't know. But, like, you never can tell. So could I give you, well, you know, how do we prevent this in the future as we stop fights earlier? And And, and while I like in general the idea of being – More safe than sorry in fights. There's always a line. There's always a line that you can't cross. And what I mean by the line is you make a uh, you make a combat sport too safe. And it's it's not that sport anymore. You know, it's not boxing anymore if you remove all the dangers. So, you know, if you stop a fight as soon as one knockdown happens, well, it's not boxing anymore. So. It's really hard, and I think in this case, everyone's looking for the right words on how to deal with this and, and there is no right words. There's no right words on how we as fans, journalists, ex fighters, commentators, all these all of us who are part of this this game, this family this 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 crooked this uh, this crooked sport and this this uh, you know weird family here in boxing because we love this sport so much. There's no justification why we continue on after deaths. There really isn't. It's it's impossible to deal with. A lot of times, I just I have to ignore it. I have to, you know, it's it's insanely sad what happened to this young warrior and father and husband and son and all that. And I have no way to justify that rightfully where I'm okay with it and go on tomorrow and keep covering this fight. I'm going to do it because I love this sport and there is a major danger involved and everybody knows it when they sign up for it. And I really, outside of, yes, we should improve more commissions, there's some circus commissions out there in terms of states and who gets appointed as judges and refs, and we all know that. But in terms of the actual rule changes or things you can do, it's really hard, man. I mean, I was unfortunately ringside for for that Magomed fight against uh, Mike Perez, you know, the, the heavyweight fight a few years back and where Magomed had such a, a bad turn of health. And, yeah, there was a, a strong moment ringside, you know, around before the fight ended, probably in the ninth round of a 10-round fight where I'm like, oh, man, it just doesn't look right. It looks like he's taking too much. Maybe they should consider stopping it. But it certainly, again, wasn't a fight where I'm like, you know, call the state senator. Somebody just screwed up maliciously. It's a boxing match, and we have a warrior culture where a lot of times people feel like getting to that finish line and finishing a fight and not having a knockout on the record is a win, is a badge of honor, is something. And maybe I'd like to see some subconscious shifts in that culture where we don't look at KO losses as a problem. And when I say KO, I, I don't mean knocked out, knocked cold. I mean... Stoppages. I mean, your corner saying, you know what? Probably down eight rounds to to nothing here. You're not a big puncher. You're probably not going to win this fight. Would we benefit more from those type of stoppages? Sure. But to try to implement that in any way, you can't do it because every fight's different. And if we stopped all these fights early, we would never have a Pacquiao-Marquez 1 or we would never have a Corrales-Castillo 1. We would never have the kind of things that we have. And those are the things that make boxing what it is. And sometimes the most dangerous kind of fights are just two guys without knockout power who are going to land sustained blows on each other for 10, 12 rounds. I don't know. I don't think we should make fights five rounds to lessen the damage. I don't have an answer. I don't know how to justify it. I don't even like talking about it, but it's right there in front of us. and We can't avoid... And a and a young man lost his life, and it's it sucks, and it's horrible, and it's I think it's just one of those cases where there is no right words in the end. Like like I, I hate it, I hate it. That's the game we are all signing up for. We're all complicit in it, and it and it is the dark reality of this brutal but beautiful sport.
0: Brian Campbell, that's that's well said, and and I think uh, you're you're dead on, and I think. You know, in the Maga Medoff case, uh, they, they said that he actually took a, a taxi to the uh, to the hospital. So let's let's hope that the safety procedures in terms of having ambulances on site and things like that are there. Let's hope that we can maybe, as fans or as people who cover this sport, dial down the machismo and and. and and not hate on fighters who quit or, or you know take a knee or, or um, don't give it their all. Let's, let's not hate on them because they are putting their life on the line every time they fight. Let's keep that conversation going. Let's keep the research going. And, and let's hope that we can improve somehow in that way. So, Brian, thank you. Thank you so much for the time. I'm just going to try to give you one last boxing question to, uh, to uh, end it. Put you on the spot a little bit. Mayweather Pacquiao rematch 2020. Um, what is your, what is your, uh, pre- your early prediction if,
2: and when it happens? Uh, okay. Let's recall and remember, um, I've had a weird relationship with this, with this series. I pretty much thought Mayweather was going to win. At any time if they would have booked it. And even back then when Pacquiao was unbelievable. I'm more of a believer that great defense beats great offense in boxing. And that Mayweather just extra special. For some reason ahead of the first fight, I got caught up in thinking, you know what's going to happen here? Pacquiao is going to pressure him a lot. And they're going to go to the cards and he's going to win a split decision. It's going to be an interesting chess match. And I was wrong. I was dead wrong. I can't let myself be dead wrong again. Pacquiao looked great. And I'd love to talk myself into the idea that Floyd's inactivity is going to necessarily, you know, make this some kind of war. But until I see him lose, and this is an old Dan Rayfield phase, phrase from ESPN. So I'm going to steal it from Dan, who said, I got to a certain point in my career where I stopped baiting against Floyd Mayweather because until I see him lose, I'm not going to believe it can happen. And you know, it's kind of like naive because, like, I saw Madonna come close. I saw a couple of people come close. He could have got screwed that night. You never know. But uh I still think I like Floyd figuring a way out because he's so smart and there are some interesting fight hype videos out there that he did after the Pacquiao Thurman fight. And to hear him talk about what Pacquiao does well and how he stopped that their first fight, you don't get a lot of this from Floyd, right? Floyd doesn't do a ton of interviews. So to see him break the science down of that, you realize that the chess player we're talking about here in Floyd Mayweather. But man, I think it may be closer than it's ever been.
0: I think that's a good uh, motto to have, and a good uh, theory for uh, life. Not to bet against uh, Floyd Mayweather. Can you at least uh, promise, you know, the fans and and the the social media trolls that when you watch that fight and you 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 inevitably score that fight this time, you'll uh, you'll you'll wear your glasses, you'll be focused, and you'll you'll actually be able to give a, a good score. Can you promise the fans that at least? <laughs> well,
2: me, I think they told me to take my own life after the past one, so I don't know if I'm scoring fights anymore. No, yeah, obviously. Uh, uh, look, I'll bounce back. Okay. I'll be Hey fans, I'm ready to take that L if I was way off, but guess what? I wasn't. It was a great fight. Revisit that collaboration. Go check it out. You're going to like it. It's
0: a great fight and this was a great interview, Brian Campbell. Thank you so much for the time. Looking forward to all the great work you're doing and and seeing you giving your opinions and covering all these fights. Thank you so much
2: for the time. Thank you, sir.
0: The great Brian Campbell there breaking it down. Breaking down Pacquiao Thurman, giving us all the angles, and defending his scorecard, which was for Thurman. I think Brian did a great job there of explaining why he had that score the way he did. Moving along, my next guest is going to be in an absolutely explosive matchup on September 28th. And that is Anthony the Dog Durrell. Anthony is going to preview that fight that he has coming up against David Benavidez. And he's going to talk about a bunch of other things. Let's get to the interview. Here's my conversation with Anthony Durrell. This is uh, Karan Bhatia for the Ask the Experts podcast, speaking to Anthony the dog Durrell. He's the WBC super middleweight champion. Anthony, you just got the David Benavidez fight. It's going to be on September 28th. Um, It's going to be on the Spence Porter undercard. That's a massive card. What does it mean for you to get this fight?
1: Uh it means a lot. It
3: means uh you know, I'm giving the fans something to do so if the fans wanna see it I'm winning. I wanna fight the best. You know, they the division and I'm a ghostbuster, so we're gonna we're gonna,
0: you know, put him in the trap. And he's undefeated, he's twenty two years old. Does that is that gonna play a factor in this fight? The age difference?
3: Uh I mean not, not really, you know, experience, experience comes from a experience come before age difference. You know, if you if you got experience, you're bit, everything comes in and it follows. You know, I've been boxing longer than he's been born. so I got a few tricks and I'm gonna use them in the you know, the ring on the twenty twenty eighth of September.
0: And you're six and oh in your last six fights, you have the you're riding the momentum. He said in in an interview. He said, "I feel like I'm coming in more motivated than
3: he is." What do you think about him saying that? I mean, you can say anything you want. I'm gonna train my butt off for a fight. I train my butt off for any fight. I don't take no man lightly. Anybody who steps in that ring, you know, is a warrior, and I and I respect that. But come on the twenty eighth, you know, all of that goes out the window. You're in there. Me and you are in there. No talking. He's flying, and
0: we'll see the wins. And this time around, you are the champion. He's the challenger. Does that change the uh, perspective for you that now you're the champion and you're trying
3: to hold on to your belt? Just have to work harder. I got to go in there with a mindset. He's trying to take something that belongs to me. So I got to go in there and work my butt off in camp. You know, that's where all the all the work is. The, the ring is fun. The fight is fu- supposed to be fun. So when I can do that, when I go in there with a clear mind and a no, I know I'm in shape and know I'm conditioned, know I'm ready for the fight. It's easy.
0: It's fun. And we know he's he's 21 and 0. He's got 18 knockouts. Like we said, he's undefeated. As as we know what he's done in the boxing ring. As a person, you know, w- what do you think about him as a person? We know he tested positive for cocaine last year. He came back from that. He beat Jay Jay Leon Love. What do you what do you think about about him as a person?
3: I mean, he's a good guy. You know, I, I care to talk with him him and his uh, family, his pops, his brother. Uh, they're good people. To me, they're good people, uh, you know, similar to us. You know, kids make mistakes, man, especially when you got here with the cocaine thing. Kids make mistakes, man. You just have to learn from their mistakes. I don't want, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't bring nobody down when they're down. You know, on the ground, you got to, you know, with this, gen- with this generation, you have to help them up. And I'm happy he got back on his feet. I'm happy we can do this fight. I've been I wanted to do it before, but it didn't happen. So I'm happy we can do it now we can we can get it rolling.
0: And I just wanted to to get your thoughts. We we obviously heard the the tragic news of of Maxim Dadashev. He he had his fight versus Mateus. The fight was stopped, and uh, Dadashev went to the hospital, and he ended up actually passing away. I just wanted to know your perspective. I mean, you, you've come back from cancer. You came back from a, a terrible motorcycle accident where you saw your life flash before your eyes. When you hear something like that, like, what do you think?
3: It, it, you know what? I just posted about that. I just posted on my story about that. It's, uh, it's bad because any man that steps in that ring and puts them gloves, you've got to respect them. You no know, ifs, ands, buts about it. This is not, you can't play boxing it's not a game. Uh, it, 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 it's life and death in there, and that's what people don't realize. So you, you, you got to respect that. you got to protect yourself at all times. I mean, even, you know, during a fight, his coach had told him to stop it, and, you know, he asked him at the back, like, <laughs> and that was the right thing to do was to stop the fight. You see your fighter didn't have a chance or anything, but i got to say it's you know, it's a a tragic thing to happen i'm I'm standing by because it's my sport. I don't want to see it in no sport, but when it's my sport when it hits home like that it, it it's something to look at
0: and it has to make you think you know your your profession as a fighter, it could happen in the ring and then you've faced you've faced death outside of the ring. so that's got to be you know for you it's it's probably uh, you know questioning a little bit about what you do and then the safety of this sport, right.
3: No, it don't question nothing that I do. I mean, I'm I, I know how to fight and how to protect myself. I know how to if I'm done and I know I'm done, I'm done. Like I can't keep going on, and that's something you know. Sometimes your pride gets get in the way of of things, especially when you're not acquitted. He wasn't acquitted. He wouldn't keep on. He wanted to fight. He was warrior. but sometimes you have to bow down and and just let it go. Yeah. I I'm not saying it can't happen to me, but you know, I have the I have guy behind me watching over me. I, I don't I don't see it happening. So,
0: and before I let you go, I just wanted to ask about your last fight. Avni Yildirim, it was it was a tough fight. You know, he was relatively unknown uh, before the fight. Um, it was a tough, tough back-and-forth fight. You outlanded him at the end of the day. Um, when the scorecards were announced, there was two scores, 96-94 for you. One of the scorecards had him up, 98-92. What did you think when you heard one of the scorecards had him up, 98-92? It was
1: terrible.
3: I mean, he, that he, I mean, yeah, you say it was 98 96 yeah, I mean I won what one two rounds. Yeah, right, come on, man. That's just, that, you know anybody anybody that can see you know what I won more than two rounds. I thought I won more by more than them two rounds that I in that round that I did. But things happen. You know, you take your, a win is a win no matter if you get a win by half. It's a win, and I take it and move on. And you know, after the fight,
0: usually it seems like boxers. There's a respect that's gained after fighting each other. It's after you won. I, I saw you. You kind of looked over him. You said, "Hey, go back to Turkey." You know, was 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 there bad blood there even after the fight ended? Yeah, I just
3: always respect somebody who is arrogant, having the coach, the manager They're was, was just too arrogant, you know. Up to the fight, and, you know, everything like you. You, you, you had in mind like you did that and stuff, and. You're not, you know, you're human. You, you got to come back to everybody, buddy. And I told my, I told, you know, before I did, it, I told my team that I'm not shaking his hand. I'm not doing none of that because it was just a disrespect at a different level. And you don't do that, especially with somebody who was getting in the ring with you. You don't do it, man. And I just, I, I don't respect it. to the day. I don't respect that man. I never respect them.
0: We uh, we have your next fight coming up, like we said, Benavides. It's going to be huge. No reason to to look beyond him. But you know, you've talked about retirement in the past. There's other people out there: Kayla Plant, Billy Joe Saunders, other people. Do you have any thoughts about what could happen after this fight, or, or are we going to see what happens on on September 28th on this absolutely this massive fight?
3: Looking past fight, you can't. I mean, when a guy like Benavides, you can't look really past him. You can't think past him because this guy is right in front of you. He's coming to fight. Everybody knows that, but so is the dog. You know the dog can fight just like he can fight, and I got a few tricks up my sleeve. So
0: we'll see. Like I said, we'll see on the twenty twenty eighth. Anthony, the dog Darrell, he's the WBC super middleweight champion. He's fighting David Benavides on September twenty eighth. Anthony, best of luck to you, and and uh, best of luck in this in this challenge on September twenty
3: eighth. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: There you have it. Anthony, the dog, Durrell, previewing his explosive matchup with David Benavidez. David Benavidez, of course, will be the challenger in that fight. He's 21-0 with 18 knockouts, and he's 22 years old. We know Durrell is 34 years old. He's 33-1 with 24 knockouts. That is going to be an absolutely explosive fight, and you do not want to miss it. Up next, I have another member of Team Pacquiao. We heard from Freddie Roach before. Now we're going to talk to Pacquiao's assistant trainer. Marvin Simodio. Marvin's been with Pacquiao for such a long time, and what did this victory against Keith Thurman mean to him? This is uh, Karen Batia for the Ask the
4: Experts podcast. I am speaking to Marvin Simodio. He's one of the assistant trainers for Manny Pacquiao. Marvin, you've you've been with Manny for, for such a long time. To see what he just did against Keith Thurman... Winning that fight, Pacquiao did at 40 years old, and then beating one of the top guys in the division who was 10 years younger than him. Um, what do you make of it, as, as someone close to Manny Pacquiao? Yeah, it,
1: you know, it was uh, it was great. You know, Manny, he's 40 years old, but he's you know he's he proved that he's the, he's still one of the best at uh, this uh, division, one 147 pounder. And uh, the way he fought was uh, very smart. He's, he was very calm. He took some good shots, but you know he he showed people that uh, his body is not not one hundred. Uh, it's not uh, forty years old.
4: He he certainly didn't look forty years old. And like you mentioned, he he took some some big shots from Thurman. Uh, after the fight, Pacquiao has said that. Thurman actually hits hard. He hits almost like Antonio Margarita, which is which is a huge compliment for Thurman's power. So, going into the the fight, what was what was the game plan that that you devised uh, with Freddie Roach? What, what was the game plan for for Manny going into the fight?
1: And yeah, the game plan was, of course, if we get a chance, we will knock him out. But the thing is, uh, you know, we, we we tried, we tried, and there's. Uh, there is a lot of adjustment in that fight because uh, Termin came back. So the fr- first thing we want to, you know, to we were waiting that we know that Termin is gonna come forward. We try to counter punch, but uh, uh, Termine like he saw the the right man's right hook coming, so he he didn't really you know go after him. So he waited until. Uh, uh, Manny get exhausted, and then he came forward the second half of the fight. But uh, we came back because uh, we 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 know that uh, Thurman is can he can take uh, body shots. So that that thing came out later on.
4: So Manny obviously had the knockdown uh, in round one. He he knocked down Thurman, mm-hmm. but as you said, Thurman came back, and he gets a lot of credit for that in the mid rounds, round six, mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine. Thurman definitely yeah. came back. Were you uh-huh. concerned at all in those mid rounds? Are you saying, oh, you know, maybe Manny is showing his age at forty years old? Were you concerned in the middle of the fight?
1: Nah, actually, I was, but I also know that uh, Manny gave, you know, he gave a lot in the first half of the fight. So when the fighter do that, they need to slow down a little bit to get to get the second the second win. But the thing is, while he was recovering uh, and. He stayed in front of uh, Thurman, and Thurman got a chance to hit him. That's the time that I I, was, I got worried. But you know Manny is an experienced fighter, and he knew how to handle it. And he was just waiting for the right timing to catch Thurman to the body shot, to the body. And,
4: and he did do that in the tenth round. He, he landed the the big body shot against Thurman, and Thurman spit out his mouthpiece. He was obviously in pain. Did you think Manny was going to knock out Thurman in that 10th round?
1: Yeah, after he delivered that uh, uh, body shot, I thought it's going to be over. But, you know, Thurman is a world-class fighter. He's undefeated, and, you know, he's a world champion for a reason.
4: And, you know, in, in the past, Manny has has talked about retirement um, when, mm-hmm. when he fought other fighters. He may have not had that that same fire in this fight. He was doing the Ali shuffle. He was he was moving great. Is that mm-hmm. did you notice that in camp as well? Preparing for this fight, that, that Manny was really motivated and, and excited to 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 to, to uh, be uh, taking on this fight.
1: Yes, uh-huh. he was very motiva- motivated for this fight. He, uh, a training camp. He doesn't show that is. You know, he gets tired. He every time he shows up at the at the gym, like he he gives everything. So, uh, you know, I he's he's like he's a happy fighter. You know, he he loves his job. He loves to fight and he loves training. He enjoys it.
4: What is uh, what's going to be next uh, for Manny Pacquiao? You know, uh, he said he's going to take the rest of the year off. He's going to go back to the Philippines where he is uh, a senator. He has duties over there. What do you think is going to be next for Manny Pacquiao?
1: Yeah, I heard that, you know, of course, he's a senator. He's going back to the Philippines and take care of his job. As a senator, what's next? Mm, I don't know. I have no idea. I only know when he shows up at the gym and we start working. Because my job as uh, as one of his trainers is just, you know, to prepare him whoever they want him to fight next.
4: And, and on social media, him and Floyd Mayweather have been going back and forth. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think that, that he could uh, possibly rematch against Floyd Mayweather?
1: Um, I'm not sure. I have no idea about that. But that's, I want, I would love to see that fight again. Uh, Manny, he got everything. And there's nothing else to prove. He's the 8th division world champion. He's the oldest the welterweight world champion in the boxing history and i think this is the only one that you know he needs to prove that he can beat the he can beat the best uh fighter of this uh generation
4: and you've obviously been with manny for a long time seeing him in training camps uh does he still have the same the same fire the same passion and, and is he still training just as hard as he as he was five ten years ago
1: Yes, yes. The the work ethic is still there, and you know we we as, as uh, uh, trainers, you know we, we have to hold him back because he's not young and he needs more rest. But you know, every time he shows up at the gym, he likes to kill his body, to work hard, to uh, go beyond his limit. So I think you know his his will is still still there. His heart is still there. You know he's. he's we need to fight, man.
4: And and just to, to wrap it up, you as someone who's close to him, what would what would you like to see? Would you like him to maybe hang up the gloves and and call it a career? I mean, he's had such an a, an accomplished career. He's been a champion at eight different weight classes, which has never been done before. Would you like him to uh, kind of ride off into the the sunset and, and retire? Uh,
1: to be honest with you. I I'm here to support him. He's, you know, there's reason why he's he's still uh, one of the best fighters in the world nowadays. And you know, he's forty years old. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. So I'm just here to support him, whatever his decision is.
4: Marvin Simodio, assistant trainer to Manny Pacquiao. Marvin it was, it was a great fight uh, against Keith Thurman and It seems like Pacquiao is not showing any signs of age. He's reinvented himself as as a brilliant boxer. He obviously still has the speed and and still has the power. So hopefully we'll we'll see him again in the ring in uh, 2020. Uh, Marvin, thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much.
0: Marvin has been working with Manny for so long, and you could tell that this victory against Thurman meant a lot to Marvin. Our last guest today is George Jakovic. He was the producer for PBC Fight Camp, Pacquiao Thurman. He was seeing training footage of Pacquiao and Thurman as they prepared for this fight. Did he notice anything? I'm going to ask him about that, and we're going to preview some of the biggest fights in boxing coming up. This is Karin Bhatia for the Ask the Experts podcast, talking to George Jakovic. George, you were one of the producers on the Pacquiao Thurman Fight Camp. You saw training footage of Pacquiao and Thurman that no one else got to see. When you were looking at training footage coming in, um, did you notice anything about either guy, about how hard they were training, about what was going on in in training camp?
5: Well, I I think when you first see Manny Pacquiao train, it's, it's, it's hard to compare that to other fighters just because of the speed he has really, it's just the speed and and the intensity that he has. He sort of makes other fighters look pale in comparison. And I know that's unfair, but that jumped out that Pacquiao at 40 still had the speed, still had the intensity. And when you would look at Thurman training, again, it's not fair to say, but he seemed almost slow in, in comparison, but nothing. I mean, I, I think it, I think Pacquiao was a little smarter in this camp um, as opposed to maybe in the past. He did take off days, although it was in the fight camp show. It was hard for his team to get him to slow down, but but they did. They took off days when they needed to. And Pacquiao, just in training, he showed that, I mean, at 40, he physically it doesn't look like he's lost a step. And although Winky Wright said, you know, when you hit mitts, they don't hit back. Pacquiao showed that he he hit back come fight night.
0: There was a couple rumors out there that maybe Thurman was like over training. I mean, he had two strength coaches. Um, he he was obviously going really hard in the gym. Did you notice any of that? Was was Thurman kind of pushing himself maybe a little bit too much?
5: Well, Thurman Thurman seemed to be doing a lot of of, of new school training. He he. Um, was doing a lot of things that traditional fighters don't do. He was definitely working hard. I, I can't say that he was overtrained. Um, you know, he looked like he was in fantastic shape and he fought like it the night of the fight. I think what, what caught my attention more is that uh, there were rumors that, and I mean, I can attribute it to Adrian Broner said that Keith Thurman was out gambling till four or five o'clock in the morning, the night before the fight. Now, I don't know if Adrian Broner was being honest with that, but I think those things were, were a little more troubling. Um, You know, there, there were always issue, issue uh, rumors that Thurman had injuries, but he, you know, in, in the training, he seemed to, he, he didn't seem to have any issues during his training camp.
0: That's the thing. There's no reason that a guy who is training so hard uh, for one of the biggest fights of his life and is taking it seriously would randomly be out that late um, gambling and and doing all that Um, or definitely not drinking. He may be out if he's trying to like adjust his clock, his internal clock to maybe peak at like a later time to peak at like when the main event is like around 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Um, on the, the West coast time, but there's no, there's no way that he was drinking. I mean, it just doesn't seem likely, uh, for someone who was training hard. So obviously the fight was an instant classic Pacquiao lands, the knockdown in, in round one, um, Thurman came back in the mid rounds and then Pacquiao had the great body shot that almost buckled Thurman in round 10. What do you make of, of the fight and the 40 year old legend, uh, beating the, the young undefeated, uh, undefeated welterweight uh, champion. What, what, what do you make of the fight?
5: I mean, it was, watching it, it was just a special, you were watching something special happen right in front of you. And those, those nights are few and far in between in boxing. So, you know, certainly, like you said, Pacquiao had the incredible start. I mean, the first round couldn't, couldn't have gone any better. Um, you know, every time it seemed like Thurman was clawing his way back into the fight, Pacquiao would respond. And I know if you look at the punch stats, Thurman landed more, more shots, but there's, there's no doubt that Pacquiao landed the harder punches. And, and in round 10, the body shot that he hit Thurman with, I have to give both guys a lot of credit because Pacquiao took any momentum that Thurman had with that shot, and Thurman, to his credit, survived and still fought hard that round in 11 and 12. And we all know body shots, usually when someone gets hit to the body, it's the end of the fight. But you have to give Thurman a ton of credit. Obviously, being in the ring with Pacquiao was something that he wasn't quite ready for. I, I think maybe he did think he, he believed what he was saying. He was going to be younger and, and stronger and he was going to be the fresher fighter. But come fight night, it, it didn't turn out like that. But Thurman was in the fight. He landed a lot of shots on Pacquiao. I mean, Pacquiao looked, exhausted when the night was over if you look at both of their faces you could see what they put each other through but it was a it was a special night uh, and it certainly added to Pacquiao's legend and you know I I don't think Thurman has done by any means he showed tremendous heart especially with that body shot in in the 10th round but it was it was a it was a special night
0: I actually think Thurman did a lot of what he was gonna say he would. He Thurman was also great this night. And if you Absolutely. look at the final the final punch stats, Thurman landed two hundred and ten punches. Uh, through the entire fight. Pacquiao landed 195. Um, So Thurman outlanded him and Thurman was landing at a higher percentage. He landed nearly 37% of his punches. Pacquiao was in the 28% range. Now, with all of that said, Pacquiao had the better moments. He won the story of the fight and he certainly um, won the fight. So that leads me to my next question. There was people on Twitter. uh, Someone said, uh, is Pacquiao the greatest fighter of all time? Now we know That's not true, especially with the fact that Floyd Mayweather is also in this era. He's undefeated, and he beat Pacquiao. So it's hard to say Pacquiao is is the greatest fighter of all time if he's not the greatest fighter of this generation. But historically, I know you're a bit of a a boxing historian. Where do you rank Pacquiao? I don't think we've ever seen a a, you know an eight weight class uh, champion like Pacquiao. Where do you rank Pacquiao all time?
5: He's he's very unique, and this is what's fun about these subjective rankings, and and this is fun for us passionate boxing fans because the debates, no one really wins these debates. Certainly Pacquiao is one of the greatest fighters of his generation. He's going to go down as an all-time great. Um, as far as where he would rank on a list, I, I, I don't really know. All, all I can say is he's, he's provided us with a lot of great nights and certainly there's no debate that he's one of the greatest fighters to ever fight. Um, like you said, Floyd Mayweather w- was proved that he was the best fighter of his generation. Obviously we know that Pacquiao wants the rematch with Floyd and I would too. It's a nine figure rematch, but um, certainly he he's, as you stated, he's the only eight division champion in boxing to do this at 40 certainly adds to his legacy that's the thing that night couldn't I don't think it could hurt his legacy it could only add to it and and he did he's in my opinion he's one of the greatest fighters who ever put the gloves on
0: he he certainly is and and I think he wowed everyone at age 40 beating a 30 year old opponent who was undefeated so uh let's do a speed round here we're gonna have we have a lot of good fights coming up so I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit Spence, Errol Spence versus Sean Porter, September 28th. If you had to give us uh, your pick on that fight, what would it be?
5: I would go with Spence, but I think, I think it'll be a tougher fight than a lot of people anticipate. I mean, Spence was a, a huge favorite against Garcia, and he should have been, but he couldn't. So some people criticized him because he couldn't get rid of Garcia, um, knock him out which I, I think is not giving Garcia enough credit. I, I think Spence is an excellent fighter. He may be the best welterweight out there, but Sean Porter is, is a handful. I think that uh, if Sean Porter fights his fight, that means a physical fight, that type of a fight. I, I think he's got a shot to really push Spence. I think if Sean Porter decides that I'm a boxer and a puncher and tries to box with Spence and stays on the outside. He's in he's in a lot of trouble. So I, I'm going with Spence. I think it could be a tougher fight than many anticipate, but I'm going with Spence in that fight.
0: On the undercard of that fight, Anthony Durrell is fighting David Benavidez. That is another explosive matchup. What is your pick on that one?
5: I mean, Benavidez ha- has had some issues in his career, but I... I I think he's the young, hungry fighter. I think he's got a load of talent. I- I'm going with Benavides in this fight. Darrell, Darrell's got some mileage. It doesn't mean he won't have a great night, but I- I'm going with Benavides in that fight.
0: Another big fight. Obviously, we had the huge upset, Andy Ruiz, knocking out Anthony Joshua. They are most likely, if not definitely, going to fight again this year. What is your pick on the rematch, Joshua versus Ruiz? <laughs>
5: That's, that's a tough one because I've seen people say Ruiz is going to win that fight every, every day they fight. I, I'm not so sure. Um, it depends on the mindset of each guy when they get into the ring. If, if Ruiz is enjoying himself, if he loses his hunger, then he, he certainly could get knocked out. Now, if Joshua doesn't overcome whatever issues he had in that fight, whether they were mental or physical He's in for, for, for a tough night. Um, it really depends. It it may be one of those fights where you won't know until you see each guy at the weigh-in. I mean, if Ruiz, although certainly I, maybe I have to temper that a little bit because Ruiz, certainly if you look at him, you would never have thought he would be the heavyweight champion. So I, I think a lot depends on each guy and the mindset they bring in. That being said, um, I'm going to have to go with Ruiz in this one. Um, I think he will come into the fight hungry, even though he's the champion. I think he realizes if he beats Joshua again, it opens the doors to so many more mega fights. And this is why these guys fight. And I'm going to go with Ruiz in the rematch.
0: It's interesting. I I personally think uh, Joshua is going to make the adjustments. I, I think Uh, he's never dealt with losing before, and I think he's not going to want to go back to that place. And I think he's going to fight more defensive now. He obviously opened up uh, after he first knocked down Ruiz, and I think he's going to be a lot more defensive and more technical. We will see another big heavyweight fight. It's uh, another rematch, Deontay Wilder um, versus Tyson Fury. Now, they both have fights probably before their rematch, but let's say we get to their rematch, which is most likely going to be early 2020. What is your pick on how uh, Deontay Wilder versus uh, Tyson Fury would go?
5: Boy, I, I've gotten to spend a little bit of time around Deontay Wilder, and what a great guy. Uh, what, what a what a great guy he is. Now, in the first fight, I, I personally thought that Tyson Fury won that fight. I think if you're scoring a fight, round by round, Wilder had two huge rounds, especially the 12th round. And But let's not forget, in that 12th round where – Tyson Fury, no one in that arena thought he would get up. He not only got up, but he hurt Wilder at the end of that round. Um, I, I thought it was a close fight. Certainly that 12th round added to the drama. I thought Tyson Fury won the first fight. This second fight, if Deontay Wilder goes in and fights the same fight, he will lose the fight. Um, he certainly has a chance to knock Fury out. He showed, or, or knocked him down and hurt him. He showed he could do that. It's a, a very intriguing fight. Um, boy, that's a that's a, a tough one to call because Deontay Wilder is a smart fighter. Of course, Tyson Fury is a is a master boxer. Um, that that's a tough tough fight to call. I, I really at, right now I I don't know who my pick is to win this that one, but I want to see it like everyone else. It
0: is really interesting because the question is, in the first fight, Wilder knocked down Fury in that last round. And the question is, did he figure something out? Did he find his opening? And that's something he can carry on to the next, uh, the next fight? Or is it the more traditional uh, thing that happens in rematches, which is the counterpuncher, the the boxer, the guy who can move usually has the advantage because he's kind of figured out uh, how the power guy is going to throw his shots and, and he can kind of figure out how to evade those. So so that should be really, really interesting. Um, This next one is not really a fight because we don't know who he's going to fight, but my question is Canelo Alvarez. He normally fights on uh, September. Um, it's being pushed back to December of this year. The question is, who do you think he would fight?
5: That's a, a great question. I... <laughs> I, I think a lot of that depends on who DAZN will allow him to fight, because I read, just like everyone, what everyone else reads, that DAZN has—they uh, have a lot of say in, in, in who his opponent will be. Um, and they've talked about Kovalev. I don't, I don't know about Kovalev, but there's Triple G and there's Kovalev, who are supposedly two of the names that DAZN has a, has approved. He seems to not want to fight triple g so i don't have a clue who he's going to fight maybe he wants to see how uh, um kovalev looks in his fight in august and, and and maybe attempts to move up to 75 i really don't know um that's that's a that it's it's a great question and it is surprising he's not fighting in september but honestly with that one your guess is as good as mine
0: And last one, this is a very recent uh, development, but we knew uh, it would happen if Pacquiao won. We knew the calls would start for Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather in a rematch. And obviously, since they've been uh, kind of sparring in social media, going back and forth um, on Instagram, on Twitter people are going to say, hey, they're they're just selling the, the rematch. It, it actually does seem like a good time for the rematch to happen if it is going to happen. So let's assume that fight comes together, Mayweather versus Pacquiao Two, Obviously, Pacquiao will not have the shoulder injury. There's really no way to know how much that actually affected him in fight one. If you're a Pacquiao fan, you think that made all the difference. If you're a Mayweather fan, you probably think that doesn't really matter. What do you think will happen if Mayweather and Pacquiao get back in the ring in uh, 2020?
5: Well, the first thing they'll do is make a lot of money because people will buy that fight. Obviously they won't buy it like they did the first time they fought, but it's amazing that Mayweather has been retired for some time now. And that fight would still be easily the, the biggest fight in boxing would probably be in the top five, pay-per-view buys of all time um it's you know i i personally and i i love pacquiao but i i always thought floyd mayweather was a bad matchup for him just because of of mayweather's style but now you have a very active manny pacquiao and a very inactive floyd mayweather floyd mayweather's 42 years old Um, you can't really judge floyd on the uh the hundred and five pound guy he fought a few months ago on the exhibition um so you know there's some intrigue there i would personally i would i would watch them fight again and a lot of people say they wouldn't but i i i think they would look it's a it's a big matchup and i still think it's a bad fight for pacquiao but he'll make a lot of money and uh floyd hasn't fought much recently so and Manny has this was his third fight in the last year. He's been very active. He's been more active than he has in years past. So we'll see. I I I don't think Floyd's going to take it, but in boxing, you know, how many how many fighters really stay retired?
0: It seems like everyone uh, unretires um when the opportunity presents itself and it seems like the opportunity is certainly presenting itself. Now, George Jakovic, thank you so much uh, for the time. Producer of um, Pacquiao Thurman Fight Camp. You're a boxing manager, boxing historian. Thank you for uh, breaking it down with us. Thank you, Carl. All right. That brings us to the end of this episode of Ask the Experts podcast. A very big thank you to my guest, Freddie Roach. Brian Campbell, Anthony Durrell, Marvin Simodio, George Jakovic. I hope we did a good job of covering the big Manny Pacquiao versus Keith Thurman fight, hitting all the angles, giving you interesting things to think about after that massive fight. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at at... A-T-E underscore podcast. That's at A-T-E underscore podcast on Twitter. If you want to follow my personal pages on Instagram and Twitter, it is at Karan Bhatia, at C-U-R-R-A-N-B-H-A-T-I-A. If you like the show, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear who you want on future episodes. You can also email us at asktheexpertspod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you to my guests. Signing off for this week of Ask the Experts podcast, I am Karen Bhatia, and this was Ask the Experts.